I don't gamble. Not on sports, not on anything. What's more, I actually don't even really know anything about gambling, as I'm about to prove to you. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. FanDuel, I'm aware of, is a some sort of fantasy gambling thing in which you can bet on really small things like whether or not somebody has X number of rebounds in an NBA game or whatever. Okay. And there's also the Vegas books and there's also DraftKings and they all involve money exchanging hands because people feel they know enough about sports to predict them accurately, and they feel strongly enough about that that they're willing to put their own hard-earned cash behind it. I have that much right? Okay, cool. I'm going to read something to you here, and I'm going to read the numbers even though I don't know what the numbers mean. According to the FanDuel Sportsbook odds, the predictions for the AFC North this coming NFL season are as follows. The Cincinnati Bengals will win the division first place, and they are a plus 125 in that category, whatever whatever that means. I have no idea. But I, I, I have heard that the smaller the number, the better the chance. Okay. Second place, Baltimore Ravens at a plus 240. Still have no idea what that means, but it's, it's, it's higher than the Bengals one, and they're listed as second place, so... We've got the pattern. Three, Cleveland Browns, plus 350. So we went from 125, 240 to 350. And bringing up the rear in this division are your Pittsburgh Steelers at a plus 650. Almost double whatever that number was that's connected to the Browns. That sounds pretty dire. That sounds like these people are really, really, really sure that the Steelers will finish last. And understand, when I say these people, I'm not referring to FanDuel, DraftKings, Vegas oddsmakers. All they do is follow the money. That much I know. So I'm not looking at these people as in the people who made these up. I'm referring to the the humans who laid down real dollars predicting that the Steelers will finish last. Hmm. There's a lot about that that doesn't make sense to me. Even if I wasn't someone who covered the Steelers, even if I wasn't aware of the fact that Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season, and that in order to finish last in the division, chances are excellent that you've got to have a losing season, especially on a 17-game schedule. But I digress. Who is looking at this division and these teams and saying to themselves that the Steelers are twice as bad as the Browns, that they have no chance at competing with the Bengals, with whom they swept last year, and even in the game that they lost, they put up 30 points, which they didn't do against almost anybody. And then there's the Ravens up there at second place, and the Steelers swept them both meetings. And then there's the Browns who, they're the Browns. All they do is finish last. It's their specialty. It's their raison d'etre. 
But there's something else, and it doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the division, because I'm not going to go on some kind of, you know, uh, up and down the Cincinnati, Baltimore, Cleveland list and just start ripping them. Especially in the Bengals' case, there are real merits. The Bengals should, with that world-class offensive talent, win the division. They should. I don't know that they will. They've had some key losses on defense. And I believe it's going to be fairly easy to pass against that defense. But we'll get to that some other day. One thing I have learned about betting is that it's never wise to bet against streaks. You've heard that one? So, in other words, just because you see a team has lost eight in a row, you don't go putting money on them to win just because, you know, hidden vigorish or whatever, and they're going to magically, they have to boomerang back, so this is the week that they'll do it. That, according to that community, is a great way to become poor in a hurry. So, tell me then what it is that the gamblers look at when they... A, bet against Tomlin's own personal streak of never having had a losing season. And if he didn't have one in 2022, my guess is that we're going to have to wait another millennium for his first. But also that the Steelers finished the season 7-2. and two. That was a 7-2 and two roll. You can say what you want about the caliber of the competition, but you can also point out that, you know, they did beat Baltimore. They did beat Cleveland. And you can also note that it was a young offense that, for the most part, led the way in that 7-2, and two, which would lead you to believe that their trajectory is headed upward. So I took these couple of theories to a buddy of mine who's into gambling, and I mentioned them to him. And once this individual got done laughing at me, because he can't believe that there's somebody who's not into sports gambling, especially a sports reporter, he says, you just don't get it, do you? And I said, no, and I don't claim to. Why do you think I'm coming to you? And he says, it's not about any of that stuff that you mentioned. Gamblers never bet on anything other than who's your quarterback. They never overthink it. And sure enough, when you look at this order of finish in the AFC North, all they're doing is looking at the quarterbacks. Who's the best quarterback? Burrow. Who's the other quarterback who, who won an MVP? Lamar. Who's the next best quarterback? Well, obviously, that would be Deshaun because, well, I don't know, he was something decent in Houston, even though they never won anything. Who's the worst quarterback? Oh, that's Kenny by a mile. And there's your standings. That's it. There's nothing else to it. It's no different, by the way, than the approach that those gamblers took a year ago when Ben retired. They didn't care who was going to replace Ben. All they did was look at the teams, see who the quarterbacks were, and see that for the first time in 19 years, Ben wasn't on there. Well, okay, they're finishing last. One problem, they didn't. And the Steelers drafted a first-round quarterback in the interim, a consensus first-round quarterback. And he got better over the course of the year. The first-round running back from the previous year got significantly better. Listen to me, my friends. Never take gambling advice from somebody who knows absolutely nothing about gambling 
But if I was ever going to get started in gambling, I'd get started right here. Take the Steelers and whatever it is that that plus 60, 650 or whatever it is, take that, take that and go buy yourself a new house. When we come back, J1Q. Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG is a personal injury law firm in Western Pennsylvania that represents people hurt in car accidents or who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice. When the attorneys at LGKG make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG's been AV rated, the highest rating a law firm can receive, and they've been designated super lawyers. That's actually a thing for over 15 years. It's a rare combination. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them by visiting lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. LGKG. from Mike who says, DK, we talk about the offensive line taking time to gel, but this defense looks like it's going to have six new starters. Now, other than the front four and Minka, they're all new. How long will it take for this defense to gel? Yeah, the front line is probably going to be the steadiest of the group because you have Cam back, you have Larry O, you have TJ, you have Alex you're probably going to see Keanu Benton mixed into that. But as I'm often pointing out, you're going to see sub packages more than anything, which is why I appreciate your reference to the front four instead of the standard front five. It probably will be a front four. But beyond that, inside linebackers, all new. Outside corners, all new unless Levi Wallace stays out there. Nickel corner, completely new. Even if Levi moves to the inside, he's new to that position. Or Patrick Peterson or whoever. Safeties, there's some consistency there because you mentioned Minka, but there's also DeMonte Casey. Keanu Neal is the other guy. If they go with the three safety set, then you're also talking about, in addition to newer personnel, you're also talking about a somewhat newer-ish scheme. That said, I'm going to tell you that I don't think there's a whole lot of time required for this one. And my reasoning for this is going to be simplistic, probably to a fault. The Steelers still employ T.J. Watt. That, to me, is your continuity. That is what buys you time for everything else. I have listened to the Steelers coaches for a long enough period of time, in particular the head coach, stressing the critical nature of having an intensive pass rush. And the reason they love it so much is that it covers up so many flaws elsewhere on your defense. Let's say, for example, that the Steelers start um, on the outside, Joey Porter Jr. and Patrick Peterson. Porter's going to take some time. Keanu Neal's going to take some time learning when to go for the big hit, learning when to stay in coverage. There's going to be mistakes made. There's going to be mistakes made by the new inside linebackers, especially, again, as it relates to coverage, particularly when facing a team like a Cincinnati. But the one factor that wipes all of that away 
is that number 90 can get to your quarterback so fast that none of your designs matter. None of what you intended to do, none of what you're clearly capable of exposing matters. And that's where I believe that the the number one, and I did promise you this would be simplistic and obvious, the number one factor by a million miles is TJ. We have seen, and we saw it again in 2022 when he went down, it's a very ordinary defense. Alex Highsmith, with all due respect, becomes a very ordinary edge rusher on his side. Everyone kind of drops a notch. You know, even Cam, the great Cam Hayward, the legitimately great Cam Hayward, who's going to be a Hall of Fame candidate, drops down a notch without TJ. He'd be the first to tell you that because TJ just disrupts. He's chaos. And as long as you have him over there, you're going to be able to stall until things get better around TJ. I appreciate the question. It's a terrific one. I appreciate everybody who listens to Daily Shot of Steelers. And we'll be back with another one of these on Monday. 